Hey, would you open your Bibles back to Luke this morning as we go further? If you have not heard the message from last week, I encourage you to do so. We started a series called Random But Not. And last week's message was uh, good. Shoot, it was great. And so um, I want to encourage you. I talked to y'all last week about that rock. I have it with me. When you come see me in cafe, I lay it on the table so you can just feel it. It's so smooth. And this is pure granite. And when she gave it to me, it was square. I mean, when she started that process, it was square and rough edges. And it is now very, very smooth. I'm not a lucky rabbit's foot kind of guy. But if I was that kind of guy and needed a lucky trinket, this rock would probably be it. Because it teaches me that you can, number one, withstand the process. And if you withstand the process, you get better after the process. Okay, stop running from the process. Look at your neighbor say, stop running from it. Yeah. Yeah, listen to the sermon. Listen to the sermon from last week, and it'll bless you. So this week, I want to go further in this series, and I'm excited about it. They didn't give me that mic pack back, did they? Okay, I'm good. That's all right. I'll, I'll keep this. So uh, I'm excited today about this text. Uh, I started right there in the offering admonition at the top of this text, but I want you to look at uh, chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, verse 11, that as I was sitting outside one day in my backyard, came across this text, and it blessed me. So let's read it as our second installment in this series, Random But Not. It says, now it happened the day after that, that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him or carried him stood still. And he said to the young man, I say to you, arise. And so he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. So far today, our scripture reading, I want to talk to you from this thought in this series, a thought that says, uh, the thought simply, interruptions. I want to talk to you about interruptions. Let's pray. Father, take this moment and illuminate it for all of us. Allow me to clearly articulate that which you've shown me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to hearts, cause situations to be clear. The thing that you want to speak to in us, bring it to the forefront in this preaching moment. I ask that you would think through my mind, that you would speak through my mouth, that you would give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. In the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm asking that you allow me to be today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So listen, life is full of interruptions. We have good interruptions. Good interruptions are stuff like holidays and uh, vacations. A good interruption or a welcomed interruption would be pop-up visits from people you like. I had to qualify that. Pop-up visits from people you like. <laughs> Another good interruption would be just running into old friends on the street and you just talk for hours. It's just a great interruption. But we also have not so welcomed interruptions and not so great moments. Something like uh, a financial interruption would be something like losing a job, having to declare bankruptcy. We have unwelcomed uh, uh, interruptions like relational stuff, like arguments, breakups, divorces. Those are interruptions in life not so welcomed. We have uh, health interruptions like the flu or a stomach virus. If you want your life to be put on hold, get you a stomach virus. You just you go nowhere. We have life altering diagnosis that interrupts our lives. We have world interruptions like war and terrorism or the death of a world leader or a world icon. These things are interruptions. We have uh, mental interruptions like worry and stress. We have emotional interruptions like anxiety. Well, the text that we have today is a text that's full of interruptions. And over the years, I've trained our preaching team to get down into the text and not just look at the words, but step down into the life of the text. And today, I want to bring y'all into the text with me. All right. I do not have any points for your screen. So I want you, as you are in the text with me, to glean from the text what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. There is so much stuff in this text. So let's, let's go down into it. Let's step down into the world of the text. It is a hot day in Palestine. It's dusty. You have the marketplace. It's bustling. So it's loud. But it is, in our world, very inconvenient because it has none of our modern-day amenities. It's just a dusty road, in some cases cobblestone, uneven, but it's hot. And the text opens up really interesting. Uh, Anisha, if you put that verse 11 up for me, it really, it says, now it happened the day after that, pause. This excites me because... What happened the day before was what I just shared with you, that there was a centurion and his servant was sick. And he asked, he sent for Jesus. Jesus was on his way. He stopped Jesus mid uh, mid journey. There is an interruption. And he tells Jesus, don't worry about coming because I'm not worthy enough. But if you just send your word. And Jesus was impressed with that and says, man, I've not found this kind of faith faith in in uh, all of Israel. And those who came to Jesus headed back to the servant. When they got there, they found that the servant was well. Jesus sent healing. He did a miracle. And the text at verse 11 says, and the day 
after that, which says to me, as we read the text, it happened the day after that, meaning there is another miracle that's about to happen, and we got two miracles two days straight. The Holy Spirit said, Tim, this is why you have to live with expectation, because your miracle can happen at any moment. Because there is no boundary, there is no wall, there is nothing that is keeping you from being changed and delivered today. As a matter of fact, Georgia Lottery got it, and they said today could be your day. Because what they're telling you is, play every day, because today could be the day that you win. I can't talk to you about that, but I can tell you that you need to believe every day because the miracle that you stand in need of could happen today because a miracle somewhere happened yesterday. Y'all got to get a little bit more excited about that because if you know that miracles are still happening, you need to wake up expecting one to jump off in your life. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so when the text opens up and it happened the day after that, that that says to me that Jesus doesn't get tired of doing miracles. He doesn't need, he don't need a sabbatical because he did a miracle yesterday. Jesus don't send in an email and be like, hey, I'm taking the rest of the month off because I did a miracle yesterday. You know, it's amazing to me that how we do good deeds for people and we say stuff like, you know, I went to church last week, I ain't going this week. Y'all feel that y'all feel that right there? It was like, Every smile just cut off. That's, that's the kind of stuff we do. Yeah, I gave last week. I'm not going to give this week. Yeah, I took somebody to lunch last week, and I was nice to them. I'm not going to do that every week now. Why? Why? Because God is steadily doing miracles, and we got to live in an expectation that we could receive one, but we should also live with the mindset that we should be one to somebody else. You never know what people are going through, and it could be your last and you say, you know what, this is my last. I'm going to give you this 149 for this Coke because I know you need a Coke right now. It's 3 o'clock in the day, and your day has been crappy, and you need a Coke in your life. And I don't have but a dollar and 50 cent, but I'm going to give it to you. I want to be your miracle today. Some of y'all don't love Coke like I do. You give me a Coke, you're going to be my miracle. Trust me. So watch. So now we see in the text, let's step down and let's look at it. The text is full There's a lot of stuff going on in the text that I want you to see. It opens telling us about a miracle that had just happened. But we also find that there are other interruptions in the text. Now, an interruption is the thing that could ruin your whole day. An interruption can throw your whole day off. It could be a a phone call that happened and you were supposed to be somewhere and because the phone call happened, you had to reschedule everything. It could be that flat tire on your way to work. It could be my car just did not crank. It's interruptions. You know what an interruption is? The the definition of an interruption is uh, a hindrance, something that stops or or hinders you by breaking in. That's what an interruption is. It breaks into the flow of your day. That's why some of us don't manage our time well, because we have too many break-ins. You get what I'm saying? Some of the break-ins are stuff that we cause, like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. What are you saying, Pastor? How is that a break-in? Because that's not a part of your day. 
but you let it add, you let it come into your day, and what you think is just going to be a few minutes, I'm going to just do the top ten. You can't just do top ten. I mean, come on, that's just like eating Lay's. You can't eat just one. But it breaks in and brings about this interruption. So now we have some delays happening. We already see in the top of the chapter that there was an interruption, that Jesus was doing something. People came to him and said, hey, can you stop what you're doing and come and talk to the centurion about his servant? Then he says, okay, fine, I'll do that. Then they interrupt him again and they said, no. He said, don't come, just send the word. And so he does that interruption two interruptions already so then we find that the next day Jesus is headed to Capernaum this text is full let me tell you what it's full of it's full of people because the text says that Jesus and many of his disciples and a large crowd so Jesus has a big entourage many of his disciples not the 12 now we're talking about like the 72 that the text speaks of, or even more, people who just believe in him are with him and a large crowd. Some of those are onlookers who just want to see, he's getting ready to do, I know he's getting ready to go over there and do something. He's going to turn up somewhere because this is Jesus. He just turns up everywhere he goes. He, y'all call him miracles, we call him turnups. He's turning up. All right? So this big group, they come in to the city at the gate and they see a funeral procession. We see a bunch of people, and the text says that this woman has a large crowd from the city with her. So the text is full. Can y'all see it? All these people. Jesus got people, and then there's people with this lady. There's a ton of people in the text. It's full. Not, is, not only is it full of people, but it's full of movement. There's a lot of moving happening. Jesus and his crew are transitioning from one city into the next. This lady and her crew are transitioning what I see as coming out of a house where the funeral was, and maybe now they're headed to the cemetery. So there's a lot of movement in the text. But not only is it full of people, not only is it full of uh, movement, but it's full of emotion in this text. How do you know that? Number one, the text teaches us something, and I appreciate uh, Luke for how he writes. Luke was a physician, so he's very detailed-oriented. So we can step down into this text and not have to assume anything because Luke gives us what we need to see. He says that there is a dead man being carried, okay? He goes on to say he is his mother's only son who is also a widow. So now we see that there's a lot of emotion in the text. How do you know it's emotional? Well, Jesus has emotion because he sees her, the text says, and he says to her, do not weep. But we know that the woman is emotional because, number one, she has lost her son. This is an interruption that nobody wants to deal with. But this is a hard interruption. Let me tell you why. This interruption deals with the woman's past. It deals with her right now. 
and it deals with her tomorrows. Why do you say that? Because think about this. In that day in Palestine, women were second-class citizens. So more than likely, she was one of two. She was either a woman who handled the house or she was a business owner. All right? But the first is normally the case is that she was taken care of by the men in her life. That's important, which is why Luke writes it and says, her, he said that the dead man, his mother's only son, and she was a widow. Think about the tension. Who's going to take care of me? Her emotions are crazy. Yeah, I'm crying because my son is dead. But I'm also crying now because my husband is dead past. I'm also crying about my future because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have anybody to take care of me. And if there was no uh, stash of money left for me, I'm going to have to get out here and grind. What am I going to do? My past is gone. My present is gone. And my future is gray. There is emotion in the text. Jesus looks at her and says to her, don't weep. His emotions come up because he is now filled with compassion. But this is interesting because the text says that when he comes into the city, he sees this funeral possession. Can I say to you, based on the information that Luke gave me, that he hears her, hears her before he sees anything. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because when he says to her, do not weep, the Greek translation is not as one who weeps silently, but who, one who has a gut-wrenching cry. You got it? So now I'm seeing he does see her, but he hears her first. Why? Because there are some interruptions that should cause you to cry out to God with all you got. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there are some interruptions in life where you feel like I can manage this on my own. I should have put gas in the car so I can just call AAA and have them to bring me some gas. That's one. But there are other interruptions in your life that God has to be called in on. And I want to encourage you, it's okay to cry. Y'all rough crowd this morning. I don't know what your problem is. But it's okay, to, it's okay to cry. It's okay to scream out to God. Here's what the text teaches us in Hebrews. The Hebrews writer says that we have not such a high priest who cannot be touched. Watch this. I love the, the, the message translation says that cannot be touched with our reality. That wherever you are and whatever you got going on, if you have some interruptions in your life, there should be a moment where you cry out to God. I believe that this woman's shriek got his attention. And I don't care how you slice it. You can't be too cute for interruptions. When interruptions come in your life, there has to be a time when you double over and you say, God, I need you and I need you right now. So with all this going on, 
Jesus steps in to the scene. And when he gets here, the text says that he touches the coffin. Watch. Go back to that because I want you to see. Look at this. Then he touched. He came and he touched the open coffin. Here's what I like. And those who carried him stood still. With all this movement in the text, okay, all this movement. I mean, it's so much in this text that I see because when the text reads that the woman had a large city or had a large crowd from the city with her, you know what that tells me? That really tells me that the crowd is with her, but she ain't really with the crowd. Because she's dealing with so much internally that you can be around people and still be by yourself. Have you ever had those moments? You had those moments when you had to go to stuff just because it was just like, if I don't go, it's just, you know, relationally, I need to go. And socially, I need to go. I need to go do this. Maybe it's for work. And although you're there, you're not there. There is so much happening in this text. And instead of Jesus dealing with her, all he says to her is, don't weep. Because he had compassion on her. But he went to, listen, he went to the source of the interruption. God's telling me to tell you that there's some stuff in your life that seems random, but there's some interruptions that he wants to get to the source of. I love this text because to me, I find it strange and maybe it's just the way they did it back then. But if it was today, today wouldn't have been. They move in a casket and it's open. The source of the interruption needs to be open because God wants to get to it. Come on. You got some stuff in your life that's slowing you up. You got some stuff in your life that you thought, hey, I thought this would be different or really I was moving along and then I got this bump in the road and now I'm not moving as fast as I used to move. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if, it, if it's a credit issue. Whatever it is, God says, open it up to me because I want to get to the source of your interruption. So he walks over to the dude, touches the casket, and he speaks to the source of the interruption. I like it because he says he could have healed the woman's heart by touching her. But I want to get to the source of all your issues. Because all your issues today, ma'am, is that you are by yourself. Even in a large crowd, you have to be wondering about what's going to happen next. It's your only child. You're not married. What's next? He says, let me deal with that. He touches the man, and he says to the man, arise. The man gets up and starts talking. Just, I don't know. My imagination runs wild on moments like this when I'm in the text. I hate, though, that when I'm down in the text, I can't always hear. I can't always hear. I can always hear what Jesus is saying, but I can't really hear what this man is saying. Because he comes back from the dead and you get up talking. What? what? What could you be saying? Made me think about my mama who used to come up out of her sleep in the middle of a conversation. It's like, mama, you've been asleep for 20 minutes. 
how in the world can you just jump in this conversation like you had never been asleep? Does it all the time. She used to do it all the time, but we used to think that's the funniest thing. So this guy gets up, and maybe he wakes up and says, what, what, what happened? All I remember is that I was telling so-and-so about so-and-so, and then it just went black. Maybe he gets up and finishes the conversation he was having before he died. Listen, before he had an interruption. Because see, the text talks about the woman, the mother, and the interruptions she had. But we can't overstep the one who had been ultimately interrupted because he is dead. Y'all do know that death is an interruption. And so Jesus went straight to it because he says, in order for me to fix some stuff in her life, I got to deal with the dead stuff in his. And so what God wants to do for us is get us to a place where he's dealing with some of our dead stuff. Our faith, our confidence, our esteem. Come on, he wants to deal with that, but he needs you to open the coffin. Because you're so worried about what people see that you've been closing God out of some areas that he should never be closed out of. So God comes, Jesus comes and touches the boy. And what we find is that the boy whose life has been interrupted by death, Jesus comes and cancel the interruption. Here's something that, that I find really interesting is that God wants to interrupt some stuff in your life. What is it? What is it? What is it that he wants to interrupt? Because here's the thing that I'm finding out is that when God allows interruptions, he's coming for another reason. There's a, there's a story about a man who was blind, and the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned? him or his parents, that he's blind. He was blind from birth. And Jesus said to him, said to the disciples, nobody. But it's just so that God could be glorified. Because there are some interruptions in your life that happen because God wants to get the glory out of it. Why are you telling us this? Because I want you to change your mind about what you think is random. Maybe it's not as random as you think, simply because interruptions delay us. And there are times in life where delays are needed. That's the kind of stuff we don't want to talk about. Have you ever been on a flight that was delayed and delayed and delayed? And it is frustrating. The last time I flew out of Memphis, just last month, Flight was delayed. I was supposed to be at the airport early. I think our fl flight left at 9. We ended up leaving at like noon. I'm sitting around an airport for three hours, and it's frustrating. And, you, and here's what people do. They go to other airlines. This don't make no sense. I'm, let me go down here and see if I can get a flight on another airline, and I'll just deal with Delta later. And, and those are the people I just look at because I think, so if we know that delay is weather, 
So what you think? You got good weather for Southwest and bad weather for Delta? I mean, we're not talking about mechanical engines, uh, uh, issues. We're talking about weather. And so they delay for your safety. So that you could have some interruptions in your life right now. That could be for your safety. You know what I'm saying? Not too long ago, probably about a month, I was coming down Thornton Road, and uh, it was night, probably about 9 or 10 o'clock, headed up toward Hiram, and at the intersection of Thornton and Veterans, <laughs> I just so happened as I'm driving, something caught my eye, and it was a pickup truck turning over. I mean, it's like I had never seen a car flipped over uh, in, in the motion of. You know, you may ride across a, an accident and you see something had happened. But I, and I was like, that car flipped over, and thank God it landed on all four, all four tires. About two cars behind me was... Uh, 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 Douglas County Sheriff who I had seen moments before I got to the intersection and because I saw him he made me slow down now I'm not I, I don't know what was going to happen I, all I know is that I don't know I don't know I'm just saying this he interrupted my speed You think about some of the interruptions you've had. Think about it. Think about the thing that made you know your credit was bad because you was trying to get something that even at the time you was trying to get it, you shouldn't have had it. And you found out that you couldn't get it because there was something on your credit that hindered you from getting it. But after that moment, you cleaned it up. But if you had gotten it when you wanted it, you wouldn't have been able to keep it because it wasn't time for you to have it. Y'all hear me? I'm just trying to give you some practical. It's called an interruption. Suppose you had married that guy. Suppose you had married the girl from high school who was just fine, but something messed up. Maybe she went to one school, you went to another. Then you see her on Facebook. And you'd be like, thank God for the interruption. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Because time is a great interrupter. I say to people all the time, time is your friend. We like to rush it. But time has a way of bringing interruptions that says this ain't for you or if it is for you, it ain't for you now. And we need to slow some stuff down. And God is the great interrupter, but he's also the one who can interrupt your interruptions because he's the great interrupter. 
and the stuff that happens in your life, what God is saying here is bring me the stuff that stops you. What is it that's slowing your pace right now? Bring it to me. Why don't you cry out for the, cry out to me because of the interruption that you got going on. Bring it to me. And so we find that Jesus touches the man, touches the coffin, speaks to the guy. The guy gets up, starts talking, and the Bible says, and Jesus presents him to his mother. I kind of wonder sometimes why Jesus does what he does. Why are you presenting? I mean, she there. It's kind of like Jesus saying, ma'am, here's your son back. Because there's some interruptions in your life, listen, that you thought were final. And God is saying, it ain't over. And when I touch that interruption, it's going to be so new, I'm going to have to introduce y'all all over again. Because he can't be touched by Jesus, dead or alive, and remain the same. That's the only thing that Jesus touched in the whole pericope was the thing that was dead. And he's saying to me, to tell you, everything that interrupts you, that slows, instead of you being mad and bitter, he said, bring it to me. You feel like you would have been further along if so-and-so hadn't happened to you 50, 50 years ago, 15 years ago, last week. Whatever it is, he says, bring it. Bring it to me. Because I know how to interrupt your interruptions. I care about what you feel. I care about how you feel. And my question to you today as your pastor is what is it that's interrupting your life? What's slowing you down? Listen, don't be deceived. Your greatest interruption, I'm going to say this with my eyes closed, could be you. The thing that's keeping you from all of your tomorrows could be you. Could be your attitude. Could be your perspective. Could be the fact that you're stingy and you live with your hands closed. Whatever it is that's slowing you down, God said, bring it to me. Cry out to me. Get my attention because I want to touch what's touching you. I want to bring to life what's causing you to cry and mourn. He cares about you. Random situation. He stumbles upon a funeral. He changes lives forever. Well, why is all these people in the text? Because somebody has to see it to tell other people that it happened. When you keep reading the text, the Bible says that when the man came up, and started talking, everybody got scared. And after they got scared, they started worshiping. There's some interruptions in your life that God wants to handle so it can scare the hell out of you. What do you mean? Because there's some people in the, in the text that were not Christ followers. But after they saw this, they started glorifying God. That's why I say it scared the hell out of you, because some of them had hell. But when they saw that, they lifted their hands and started worshiping. 
Because there's some people on the periphery of your life, and God wants to use your interruptions to draw them closer. Some people in that crowd, that lady didn't even know. The city was with her. But God wants to change. Bring forward some dead stuff in your life. You need to bring him your interruptions. Cry to him. And don't be too proud. Because when you open your heart to him, he gives you his attention. Because we have not such a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That text goes on to say he was at all points tempted. He's gone through some stuff, yet he didn't sin. But our high priest has gone through everything that we go through, all the feelings of betrayal, all the feelings of hurt and disappointment. He's gone through it. And the things that could have interrupted him, he always took his stuff to the Father. Garden of Gethsemane, I don't want to do this. That was an interruption. If it be your will, take this cup from me. Interruption. But nevertheless, I'm giving you me. Do what you want to do. And I'm saying to you today, you got to bring what slows you down, relationally, financially, work-wise, mentally, in your health, whatever it is slowing you down, you Got to open that thing up to God and let him touch it. Father, I pray today for every voice listening to this message, whether in here or online, I pray, God, that the interruptions in their lives that have become normal, that you'll cause us to see them for what they are. Some of them have been a part of us for so long that they're just covered up in the tapestry of our lives, but you know them to be an interruption. Whether it's desires and proclivities, whether it's worry and doubt, whether it's low self-esteem, whether it's uh, 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 being subject to the view and opinions of other people, whatever it is, Lord, I pray today, that you'll give us the grace we need to expose it to you. And we ask today that you touch it. That you interrupt the interruptions of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.